Good morning. How's everybody doing? Buenos dias. How's everybody doing? I heard Brother Emmett. That's all I heard. Oh, okay. Good. Well, as um, the spirit would move, um, this is a message that I have had on my heart for some time. And this morning at 4.36, I woke up and the Lord said, today's the day. And um, <clears throat> ties in so well with our Sunday school and, and I'm putting plugs out there. Um, if you're not coming to Sunday school, you're missing out. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. You do with that with what you want. But as Brother AJ said, we talked about the gifts that God has given you and how you can use them to edify not only your own life, but the church. And I'm telling you right now, the church needs you. We need all of you to be engaged and involved in the work of the Lord. <clears throat> and uh, I think it was just a good segue for those that were here and a good segue for, for the topic of this morning. And um, I don't know how many of you uh, subscribe to the gospel blog and have seen uh, the articles the last couple of days. Anybody? Okay. Right. And uh, president of the church, Brother Joel Gailey, his wife, Sister Ruth, um, president of the quorum and vice president of the quorum of 70, and Brother Larry Watson, who we all know, and Sister Vanessa, all took a trip uh, to Israel. And very exciting. I can't wait to read these blogs, I, it's like I can't wait for them um, to, to come. And so as, you know, as I was reading it this week and I, I read Brother Joel's kind of personal testimony, it convicted me. How often are we thanking the Lord for all that he has done for us in our life? Me, I'm a complainer sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times. I like to complain to the Lord about what he's not doing and why this isn't happening and why. But I just took Brother Joel's testimony and it reminded me of how thankful we should be for what the Lord has done and what the Lord is going to do and is going to fulfill the promises in which he's given. So today is walk on water too, okay? And I'm going to get that off of there. Anybody recognize this picture? Rainbow by the Sea of Galilee. It was in one of the blogs this week. <clears throat> and here's just another picture of the view of the Sea of Galilee. Okay? A couple of pictures that they shared from their trip um, through the blog, and I stole them and put them in this presentation. <clears throat> I, don't, I can't give photo credit because they didn't give photo credit, so, um, but anyway. And it reminded me that the scriptures come alive when we see pictures like that. And I think about years ago, you remember when um, the movie, uh, you know, what's it called? Passion. The Passion came out. And, you know, very detailed and very descriptive and very visual um, representation. Again, it was a movie, so we don't really know, but it gave a visual representation 
for what we read about the crucifixion story in the scriptures. And so it just kind of jumps off at the page now, at least for me, when I read it, because it gives you a point of reference. And so that's what those pictures did for me uh, this week. And so much of Jesus' ministry happened right around these pictures, which I think, if you think they're standing there, you think, could I possibly walk, be walking where Jesus walked? Um, years ago, when I tried out, uh, I, I sang a song, I Walk Today Where Jesus Walked. Um, in, in high school, and it was kind of, uh, my brother had, had uh, sung it, and I sang it, and um, it didn't mean much back when I sang it. I thought it was a nice song, but it didn't mean much, and now I think about it, I walked today where Jesus walked. Wow. Um, very real, but a lot of things happened right here. Calling of Simon and Andrew, and James and John as apostles. Sermon on the Mount was given just a few uh, uh, I guess we would call them blocks away by these waters. Feeding of the 5,000, five loaves and two fishes. The miraculous catch of fish. The appearance of Jesus after his resurrection. And today's story, Jesus walks on water and so does Peter. And we're going to be in uh, Matthew 14, uh, 22, and so I will let Brother Micah take charge over there of that, and he'll bring up the scripture on the screen. It says, and I ask for your patience, I'm going to read through it real quick, and then I promise we'll go back and kind of take you through it. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Now, I should have done this before. Just before this, Jesus feeds the 5,000. Just before this. And just before that, John the Baptist was killed. His cousin and his disciples come and tell him this. So his disciples come, tell him about John the Baptist being beheaded, his cousin, who was the forerunner of Christ, and he immediately feeds the 5,000, and then he sends the disciples away, and he's there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And, began sink, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they, were in the ship, or, then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. 
pretty miraculous story here. And, you know, <clears throat> some pretty miraculous things have just transpired in, if you go back and read back into the 15th verse of the same chapter of the feeding of uh, the multitude, as it's called. And I, I kind of wanted to take this scripture and, you know, I pray that you receive from it today. Not because I have a lot of great things to say. I'll tell you right now, if you've ever looked in my book, I, it is chicken scratch. I got different color pens. I got, it's chicken scratch. And sometimes when I'm up here trying to read, I'm thinking, what did I write? Um, I don't have anything great to say to you today. But the spirit that resides within me is the same spirit and the power of Jesus Christ that I hope to convey through this message today. So, Jesus starts out, and he sends the disciples away. Here they just witnessed this miraculous feeding of all these people. They gather up all the leftovers, and Jesus says, go. And they were faithful. They got in the ship, and they went. Well, I would commit to you today that Jesus is compelling us to get into the boat today. And I don't know how any other way to say it, but Jesus Christ wants a personal relationship with you. And in order to get into the boat, there's no other way to say it, but it's to go through having faith in God Asking for repentance, going through the waters of baptism, and receiving the Holy Ghost. There's no other way. The scriptures are very clear on this. There's no other way. And so Jesus is compelling all of us to get into the boat. Now, this isn't just a sermon for those that maybe haven't gone through the waters of baptism. Because all of us have fallen short. Have we not? All of us have had apostasy in our own personal lives, in our own personal commitments to the Lord. And, you know, whether it's we think we know better or sin enters or whatever it is, we struggle. It's part of being in this flesh. And thus the reason God sent Jesus Christ. Thus the reason he sent him. So if maybe you find yourself outside the boat or you feel, hey, I was in the boat and then I kind of got out and now I don't, come back to the boat. I urge you today, come back to the boat. Jesus wants you there. And when he went, sent the, the disciples away, Jesus goes up into the mountain to pray. And I, I, it doesn't, we don't have a lot of, there's no context here. I think Jesus went to pray for his disciples. Because he surely knew what had happened to John the Baptist. He knew what was going to happen to John the Baptist. But how was this going to affect the disciples? Those men that he had called to help and would take the gospel forward after he was gone. Just my own interpretation, 
I'll leave to you however you feel, what Jesus was doing there. Um, but then the disciples find themselves on the ship, and here comes the wind. Well, I think we all can relate to when the storms of life beat upon us, right? Whether, again, it's affliction or it's sin or whether it's trouble in our family or in our relationship with our spouse or with our children or whatever it is, storms of life are going to come regardless. It's part, again, of being in this flesh. Those storms are going to come. So even though we are compelled to get into the ship, we still feel the effects of the world around us. In the Gospel of John, they reference this story as well. And think about what the disciples were doing. They had to get into a ship, and they had to row. So I, I was looking up the Sea of Galilee and how far it is, and I think it's I think at its biggest point, it's 18 miles wide, and maybe, I forget what the other dimension was. I apologize, maybe it's six. Um, this is a big sea. I mean, this is not a small thing or task that they were tasked to do, to go to the other side. So they're rowing through the night, rowing and rowing and rowing. Now, I think they were on a spiritual high, having just witnessed what they witnessed, so I think maybe the time went a little faster than maybe what we would think. Oh my goodness, rowing six, even six miles would be a, a long task. Um, but they're rowing through the night. And here comes this storm that starts tossing them. And in the fourth watch of the night, which I believe is between like 3 and 6 a.m., they see something coming towards them. Not only is the storm beating and the wind beating upon them, but now they see something that they are not sure what they're seeing. And they were concerned that it was a spirit and, and you know, something's coming at us walking on the sea. What is it? And Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And I hope that we can draw courage and strength from this verse today. Because when the storms of life beat upon us, and when fear enters in, and we don't know what maybe tomorrow holds, as our, our brothers and sisters just sang, we need to have that confidence that we know who holds our hand. And Jesus is saying to us today, be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. So no matter what you're facing today, no matter what challenges, I don't know what else to tell you but to turn to Jesus. Because, yeah, we can draw strength from one another, and as a collective body of Christ, we draw strength, and we have talents and abilities and, and skills that were talked about in Sunday school and, and strengths. And sometimes we have weaknesses that we need to help lift each other up with. And that's part of why we collectively come together. But we need to reach out to Jesus. It's the answer for every challenge that we're going through. And sometimes it seems that's just the answer we give in Sunday school. Well, what do we do when this happens? Pray, call out to Jesus, right? It's what we do. Well, it's church speak. 
That's what we say. But it needs to be more with you. It needs to be real with you. In so much that when anything comes our way, we turn to Jesus. That he might speak these words of peace in our life. Not that the situation that goes away, not that the challenge goes away, not that the hurts don't go away, but that Jesus has opportunity to enter in and take you through. Because sometimes those things will go away very quickly. Um, you know, it, it, it's still a miraculous thing to me when we have opportunity to anoint the sick and they are healed. You recognize that? They are healed. Not in anything that's special other than this oil is blessed or not in anything that Brother Anthony or Brother AJ or myself or any of the ministry have. It's through Jesus Christ that they are healed. That's a fascinating and amazing thing. To me, that is Jesus reaching down saying, be of good cheer. Be not afraid. It is I. And should witness unto our spirits the same thing. So then, we get to Peter. And Peter is always bold. I think I mentioned that the last time I spoke about how he's just bold. And once he recognizes that it's the Lord, Lord, if it's you, let me come walk to you. You're walking on the water. Let me come walk to you. Some, esti some estimate that they were like three miles out off the shore. Well, I think I also read that the, the deepest part of the Sea of Galilee is 180 feet deep. Well, I would think they're probably reaching that point, possibly. And Peter, being the bold person that he is, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you. Almost, I guess you could say, maybe even challenging the Lord a little bit. If it's you, Lord, not sure it is, but if it's you, let me come to you. <laughs> and Jesus so beautifully says, come. Well, come on. And it takes a measure of confidence, strength, boldness. Call it whatever you want. But do you think Peter even was concerned that he stepped on the side of the ship and just walked right out? I don't know. We're left to kind of imagine that and we could twist it and turn it. I don't know. <laughs> but I know for me, Getting up on the side of a ship and stepping, taking that first step out of the boat, that would be pretty fearful for me. And I don't want you to be confused because here I'm, I'm saying the Lord is compelling us to get into the ship. And I don't want that to get lost because the Lord wants us in the ship. He wants us in the boat. But what is the Lord calling you to what is the Lord saying to you to go do? What is the Lord saying, what strengths can I use from you? And asking you to take that first step. To go a little farther. Because just being in the boat, yeah, that, that's important. And, and it's, it's there, and it's your soul salvation, and we want you there. But we need 
to be stepping out of the boat with the Lord in us. Sometimes we like to do it without him. You know, we want to go our own direction and, you know, oh, well, yeah, I think the Lord wants me to do this, so I'm going to go, and the Lord will bless me in that. And sometimes uh, I'll say, he does. But we need to have that confidence and that boldness like Peter had that the Lord was going to take care of him. I have to believe that Peter wasn't concerned about the wind because later on, he is. But when he took that first step, he wasn't. Can you imagine what must have gone through his mind when he took that first step? On water, Peter, a fisherman of all people, stepping down out of the boat and essentially walking on the water. That had to be so miraculous. And sometimes when we're asked to step out of the boat, it's a little uncomfortable and it takes a little boldness and it takes a little strength and confidence and most importantly, focus on the Lord. Because the scripture goes on to tell us that when Peter loses focus, takes his eyes off of the Lord. So here he's looking at the Lord, has the boldness to step on the side of the boat, step out of the boat and begin walking upon the waters. The wind is still going on around him. The waves are still crashing, but he's focused on the Lord. And then he has a human moment, I'll call it. He has an Austin moment, I'll call it. What am I doing? Anybody been there? What am I doing? I am not capable of this. I can't do this. Um, I, I don't have the tools to do this. I'll tell you this is an Austin moment because I'll tell you right now, every time I stand right here in front of you, I can't do this. I can't. But if I focus on the Lord and what the Lord wants to deliver to you, then I feel like I'm equipped beyond anything that I could prepare upon any slides I could put up on a screen. And so I'm challenging you today to find those things in your life. The Lord needs us to be active. He needs us to take that step of faith and keep our eyes focused upon him so that he can use us as instruments within his hand. So Peter gets a little distracted, starts to worry about, whoa, the reality of this situation, and sees the wind and the waves and everything crashing, and he loses focus. Well, you know, the story could end right there, and that could be a Peter's demise, but thank God that we see the mercy of Christ through this story. You know, as I said, maybe he challenged the Lord a little bit by saying, well, if it's you, Lord, let me come to you. Well, the Lord was, answered that challenge and gave him opportunity and gave him the ability to do that. But then Peter gets this distraction and starts to fall and starts to sink into the sea. But thank God, Peter, in his understanding, he cries out 
Lord, save me. Anybody been there? Anybody been in a situation where you just have to cry out, Lord, save me? Maybe you're not sinking into physical water. You know, we, we have the blessing of having Brother Tony here. We know his, his testimony story where he says the, the same water which almost took his life, he gained his life um, in the Atlantic Ocean when he was drowning at sea, prayed to the Lord that the Lord would deliver him. The Lord delivers him. And then he goes to the church and they take him right back to the Atlantic Ocean and baptized him in that sea. Maybe it's not a sea. Maybe it's a sea of guilt. Maybe it's a sea of despair. Maybe it's a sea of fear. I don't know what sea you're in today, but look to Jesus and cry out to him, Lord, save me. Because what does it tell us in the 31st verse? And immediately, immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand. Sometimes when we pray, I'll be the first to admit, maybe we feel like, oh, we're not connecting. We're not, we're not getting the answers we want. But when we get to a point where we are in despair and saying, Lord, save me, the Lord is quick to respond. <clears throat> and his mercy endures forever. It's, it's continual. It's renewed every morning. Maybe tomorrow, yesterday was a bad day for you. Whatever. Today, his mercies are new. All you have to do is cry out to him. Lord, save me today. Well, the story doesn't quite end there. Because after he reaches out and he saves him, then somehow, and we don't have a lot of detail here, they make it back to the ship. Now, it doesn't tell us how far Peter got on the water. Maybe it was two steps. Maybe it was 20. Maybe it was 100. I don't know. It doesn't say how far Peter got before he recognized his situation and started to fall. But somehow, Jesus reaches and saves him. And do you think... Jesus went down with him into the water like a lifeguard and, you know, they swim like this to get back to where they're... I don't believe so. I think when Jesus reached down and grabbed Peter's hand, Peter came back up. And Jesus carried him back to the ship. And whether he physically picked him up or whether he just held his hand and they walked together back to the ship, together. That they would be back in the boat with the rest of their family. Jesus will do the same for you today. He's imploring us, I believe, with our, our, our Sunday school lesson and, and just the way that preaching has been the last several weeks, that we would be busy about the Lord's work and asking us to get into the boat through faith, repentance, baptism, but then exercise our faith in getting out of the boat and focusing upon the Lord and doing what the Lord has commanded us to do.
And yes, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to fall. We're going to fail. But we need to cry out to the Lord to save us. And he's going to pick us right back up and bring us right back to the boat. I hope you take encouragement in that today. It it just rang out to me as I saw those pictures that were shared because I had been reading this story over and over thinking, Lord, what are you doing? What are you preparing? When I saw those pictures of the Sea of Galilee, it was real to me. And I could have looked, Googled a picture of the Sea of Galilee at any time. It just became real. And so my hope and my encouragement and my challenge, we had a challenge in Sunday school, you're going to have a challenge in the, in the preaching service, is that you find opportunity to serve the Lord. As I said at the beginning, those of you that are members and attend here in the Mesa branch, and I know we have some visitors here, wonderful to see you and we love you, We're so excited to have you. We need you to be active. We need you to be involved. And you know what? We need to change our direction. And I don't know what that means. And I say that in in humbleness. Not that anything we've done in the past is wrong. We need to focus on the Lord so that the Lord can take us to new heights, can take us into new waters, can take us into whatever he has in store. And maybe you have a talent or an ability or a skill, and you think, well, there's no place for me here. Uh, Brother so-and-so does that. Sister so-and-so does that. We need you. We need all of you engaged. We need all of you active. We need all of you strengthened by the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as we learned in Sunday school, we're all one body. And the body is the Lord's. And so when one of you are hurting, or one of you are challenged, or one of you are not engaged, it it makes us a little bit weaker. It takes our eyes off of the Lord just a little bit. And, And again, that's not to put guilt on you. It's that you would recognize, I can do better. Because I... Austin Landry can do better. I'm telling you right now, I commit to you that I can do better. And I'm going to do better. Not because I'm some great person or... No, because the Lord deserves it. He's done everything for us. He gave his life for us. And we have the opportunity to do better in our own personal lives. That we might walk uprightly before him. And be excited about what the gospel of Jesus Christ has in store. That's what, you know, um, that's what's so exciting about these gospel blogs. And you might not think too much about, maybe you don't think a whole lot about the restoration of Israel. And what importance that might have. But do you recognize that the kingdom of Israel is God's chosen people? Chosen by God, they are his people. If Israel is not gathered and not come back to the Lord, then God ceases to be God. That's why it's so important. And the church of Jesus Christ, yes, we have a special commission to go unto Joseph 
and to proclaim the good news. Sometimes we have success, sometimes we don't. But God has commissioned the church that we would do that. And so we have folks that are doing that. And that's what's so exciting about this. So you might think, well, what does the restoration of Israel really have to do with? Well, it has everything to do with you. Because if you believe that Jesus Christ restored your spirit and your soul unto God, then his work among the children of Israel is just as great, if not greater. And yes, the Book of Mormon teaches us that we're grafted in and we have the opportunity to be a part of God's chosen people. But that doesn't mean we forget the promises and the the prophecies of God. And that's what's so exciting about these things, that we see these things starting to, to just a small glimpse of what God is doing. And again, I hope that is exciting to you. I hope it's not discouraging and you think, well, okay, yeah, that's great, and that's exciting. I, I hope that you go back and you read God's word. As Brother Anthony said, you know, the Lord sent us a text a long time ago, and we have opportunity to read it whenever we want, and it never gets old. The Bible and the Book of Mormon, they don't get old. We got a text from the Lord anytime we want to open it up and read it. We have opportunity to serve God in a powerful way. Um, I, I, I apologize. Maybe I went a little bit too long today. Um, there's a song I want you to hear. It's called Walk on Water 2. Um, it's sung by Britt Nicole. It's kind of an older song. I, I tried to find a version that had um, the lyrics on it because to me that's important. Like you can see them and hear it. It's a beautiful song, and I pray that God blesses you. May God bless you today. Be encouraged. Reach out to the Lord. He's there just waiting for you. He's just like Peter was. When he, we begin to fall and sink, he wants us to cry out to him so that immediately he can stretch forth his hand and bring you back. May God bless you as my friend.